Hey, and thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Wednesday, February 17th, 2021, and I am joined today by Solid, Solidus, and Liquid, a.k.a. Lee, Nick, and Reed. Welcome, boys. Welcome. Dibs on Liquid. Uh, sorry I kept you waiting. Ah, oh, damn. Brother! <laughs> yeah. You did keep us waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is, it is, it is here. We have a third member, hopefully for the next five weeks. Apologies in advance for any audio issues as we figure out how this works over Skype and stuff like that. We are not spe- smart men, Jenny. Uh, but I know what love is, and I know it can bloom on the battlefield. Uh, before we get down to Metal Gear Solid 1, Reed has prepared us a little, uh, little story, uh, tasting pack, a little appetizer, an amuse-bouche of Metal Gear. Before we even get to that, let's really quickly wrap up what we've been playing in the last week. Reed, what you been doing? Uh, on the weekend, I completed the Titanfall 2 campaign for the first time. It was a really tight... Yeah, fuck yeah. It was a really tight, quick five hours. Uh, I remember basically nothing about like the setting characters except for BT, the main robot and your character. Uh, they have a really emotional send-off, very basic uh, trust building between these characters, and then uh, a nice crescendo... With some references at the end, where BT sacrifices himself to save the main character, and uh, references a couple things that happened prior in the campaign. So yeah, uh, it was fucking excellent. I cared more about BT than I did any fucking character in Last of Us Part 2, or any of that bullshit. (laughs) Uh, Titanfall 2, yeah, fuck Abby, BT is best friend. Great campaign, absolutely loving it. Besides that, I have been continuing to dabble in Yakuza like a dragon, Still an excellent video game. I now have two party members, and that's when all the wackiness really uh, comes into play. You get some sync moves. Ichiban's giving people drop kicks and dragon suplexes. You have, like, a mage character, and his magic is, like, I throw pigeons at people and shit. Uh, Just fucking awesome. Uh, When you look at your, your, your party, once you have them all assembled, it's one of the funniest JRPG parties I've seen ever. Like, it's, like, the complete opposite of what, like, a bunch of mixed uh, genders and stuff, 16-year-olds solving a case, and this, it's, like, a bunch of fucking old, <laughs> broke... It's, like, all the Persona boys grew up. Yeah, they're all old <laughs> and broke and divorced and, like, shitty. It's like, the second part of It. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, absolutely great game. Uh, I was gonna say, is there any, uh, is there any FPS campaign that turned around so much from, like, t- Titanfall 1, which didn't have a campaign? It had multiplayer where Talking Heads would explain to you the backstory, versus Titanfall 2, where they're like, nah, it's a tight, almost, like, movie-length action uh, campaign that's just so fucking good. Like, yeah, it was, excellent stuff. Yeah, it was great. Nick, what have you been doing? Uh, been playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima for the, for the plat, and... Uh, going through God of War, go. that 60 frames per second patch. I just couldn't stay away. Trying to beat uh, Cyberpunk no. 2077. Just like a slog, just like a total slog through that game. Can't <laughs> fucking believe it. Just, I don't know. It just is, it's yeah. like a commitment. It's commitment love for that game only. Yeah, uh, when me and That's Lee right. discussed that on our on our complete episode, essentially, we said at the end, if this game wasn't a hype AAA release that we were both itching to play, we would never have discussed this on a Spotlight series because it's in- completely uninteresting. Yeah, if I hadn't built like a four thousand dollar yeah. PC to play this game specifically, I would <laughs> have just dropped it months ago. But 
Nick, that's going to be okay because there's there's a new Honey Pop game coming out, so you can just you know you'll get that four thousand dollars worth out of I your, mean, uh, like your cock and balls. Cyberpunk has the most <laughs> graphics, but not the most fun. That's it. Yeah, award for most oh, graphics goes to Cyberpunk. <laughs> it's Cyberpunk all day long. Uh, so I've been continuing to work my way through Kiwami 2. Uh, I've been playing lots of Monster Train uh, in tandem with my wife, and I'll, t- I'll keep it brief, but I've been playing Fallout 76. Now hold on, let me finish. Uh, I subscribe to their monthly thing to what try it out. I, to be- <laughs> Listen, guy, me, you, we are the guys who played through all of Avengers and all of Anthem and then kept playing at the end game to be like, this can't no be all there is. <laughs> so for Fallout 76, a game that I've I've dabbled in since its release, and I'm playing in a duo. I have someone else I actually do play with regularly, which is the way to go. Uh, and it kind of makes up for the shortcomings of the combat system in this, which, again, isn't as flushed out as Fallout 4, which is, like, saying something. Because, like, well, who gives a... F- like, Fallout 4, you don't play for its fucking shooting. Um... So you kind of spec your character around that. You either go melee or you go uh, really heavy VATS build. Uh, the VATS works in real time. You target a thing. Your AP still goes down and all that. It just doesn't freeze time. Uh, so with the the subscription now, it gives you a whole bunch of extra shit. gives you atoms for the store. gives you an extra camp, which is a fast travel point you can put down. And the name of the game is a survival game. So it's basically like, why is it this way? It's because it's a survival game. Your buddy is hungry. You can see that he has a lot of rads and has no rad away. Well, fucking trade him one. Uh, and that's the stuff that keeps me coming back. And the exploration. It's the best Fallout map that's ever been released. Unfortunately, it's this game. Uh, so I'll have more to say about Fallout 76 next week. Uh, but we want to we wanna let it... Let MGS uh, breathe here. So we're going to cut real quickly to Reed, who's going to fill us in on Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, and a little bit about Metal Gear Solid, and then we are going to discuss Metal Gear Solid. Hey, hey, Reed here for the first part of our quick, quick story summary of the Metal Gear Solid series. So we're going to be going over Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, and Metal Gear Solid 1 in this part. Uh, Just quickly going over the main points, nothing too detailed, because we don't want to be here for 10 minutes just talking about the same bullshit. Everybody's played Metal Gear Solid or seen a playthrough. Um, if you want, if you want the really detailed stuff, there's like eight-hour video essays on YouTube that you can check out. Anyway, we're gonna go right into it. With Metal Gear. Metal Gear starts out with a military sovereign nation, Elder Haven, which is led by a legendary mercenary who is unnamed, uh, threatening the world essentially with uh, their new doomsday weapon. Foxhound, which is an elite U.S. military special forces unit, sends in Gray Fox, one of their elite members, to check out the situation. Unfortunately, he is captured, but before he is, he releases a message saying, Metal Gear. Foxhound, led by Big Boss, sends in his new recruit, Salt Snake, to rescue Greyhound, or Gray Fox, <laughs> and survey the situation. Bunch of bullshit happens when Snake gets there, defeats a bunch of bosses, uh, doesn't isn't quite able to rescue Gray Fox, unfortunately. And But before the end of the game, you defeat Metal Gear in an epic battle before confronting the legendary mercenary and leader of Elder Haven, who is Big Boss himself. That's right, he betrayed you, he betrayed America, but you, you defeat him, you, you blow up the whole facility, you take off. Before the game ends, you get a quick message from Big Boss saying that he's not dead and he's coming after Snake again. Clearly setting up a sequel, which came in Metal Gear Solid 2, Solid Snake. Not to, be confused, not to be confused with Snake's Revenge. That shit isn't canon. We find out in the late 1990s that the world is suffering an oil s- shortage. <laughs> to counteract this, Dr. Merv, I believe is his name, 
has created a new synthetic oil called Oilix that basically replaces it. Uh, a military sovereign nation, once again, called Zanzibar Land, which recently fought for their independence from the Soviets, has captured him and is holding the world hostage essentially with the only world's oil supply, along with a bunch of nuclear weapons that they got. Um, Foxhound basically forces Solid Snake out of retirement once again to check this out since it's a Metal Gear expert, and a bunch of bullshit happens. Uh, eventually, throughout the facility, Snake finds, once again, Gray Fox, but finds out he's, in fact, working for the leader of Zanzibar Land. And not only that, the leader of Zanzibar Land is Big Boss. He's back from the dead. So, you have to defeat uh, Gray Fox, who is now using the new Metal Gear that they have, Metal Gear D. And then, while it's disabled, Gray Fox and Solid Snake have an epic fist fight in a minefield before Solid Snake uh, solemnly puts down his friend and moves on. This is where he encounters Big Boss as the facility is going down, and Big Boss explains his his uh, his theories and his his passion, and that he created this military nation for all soldiers that were abandoned by their nation because they had nowhere else to go. And we'll see this theme uh, echoed throughout all the other games, essentially. Solid Snake is forced to fight Big Boss using nothing but a lighter and aerosol can to make a makeshift flamethrower before he defeats Big Boss and finally leaves, Big Boss dying in the explosion. And that's how Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake ends. And this is when we head into Metal Gear Solid 1, the big one. In 2005, Special, Unix for- Special, Units, uh, Special Unit Force's Foxhound has gone rogue and taken over the, Farks, the uh, Alaska Archipelago facility, Shadow Moses, which, is, which cover is a nuclear disposal facility. They've taken over the facility and demanded two things. The remains of Big Boss and $1 billion. You may ask yourself, why the remains of Big Boss? Because these are genome soldiers. The theme of the game is genes. All these soldiers had their genes altered to be more like Big Boss, the most legendary soldier of all time. Unfortunately, they're all dying because of it. And they they needed his genetic code, essentially Big Boss's remains, to fix it. Foxhound is not what we used to be. This is now being led by a bunch of animal people. It is led by Liquid Snake with members, with members Revolver Ocelot, Psycho Mantis, Vulcan Raven, Sniper Wolf, and Decoy Octopus. Also at this facility that they covered up was a new Metal Gear, Metal Gear Rex. The U.S. government, I believe, was building this in secret using uh, collaboration between uh, Arms Tech and um, the DARPA facility or whatever the hell. So Solid Snake is pulled out of retirement by Colonel Roy Campbell, who is the new leader of nothing. He was the leader of Foxhound, and now he's just in the U.S. military, if I remember correctly. So he sends Snake in to essentially find out what's going on, rescue the DARPA chief, the arms tech president, and if they have Metal Gear, to disable it. So Snake sneaks into the facility, yada yada, finds the... Finds the uh, DARPA chief, Kenneth Baker, no, Donald Anderson, and they have a discussion. Donald Baker's just like, yep, there's a Metal Gear here. Then he dies of a heart attack all of a sudden. Snake's like, what's happening? And Roy Campbell's like, I don't know. Uh, yada, yada. You go through the facility. Eventually, you find Kenneth Baker, the arms, te- the arms tech president. Unfortunately, he's held hostage by Revolver Ocelot with a bunch of explosives. Epic boss fight ensues, but before he can finish... 
a mysterious invisible cyborg ninja comes in and cuts off Revolver Ocelot's hand, forcing him to flee. Not before the explosives go off, however, but Snake is able to briefly rescue Kenneth Baker and bring him to the side. Kenneth Baker confirms the creation of Metal Gear Rex and gives Snake a PAL card. This card should be able to should be should be able to be used to disable the launch sequence of Metal Gear Rex. But before Snake can get any more information, he also dies of a mysterious heart attack. Oh my god! So then Snake has to go through the facility, finds Colonel Colonel Roy Campbell's niece, who was part of Foxhound formerly. Meryl, and goes to the facility. Uh, eventually, Snake comes across the creator of Metal Gear Rex, Dr. Hal Emmerich, who based it off Japanese anime cartoons, <laughs> um, but he was not aware that they were being used for nuclear uh, purposes, essentially. While he finds him in the room, however, he's ambushed by the invisible cyborg ninja of before, and they have an epic fight. It's revealed after this fight that the epic, that the invisible cyborg ninja is Gray Fox back from the dead, and Naomi reveals that hey, I'm her, I'm Gray Fox's sister. I also injected you with Fox at the beginning of this, and you're like, oh my god. Uh, so you leave the room uh, after this fight, and you're joined back up with Meryl at some point. You go through and you fight Psychomantis in a very memorable fight. After that, you go through another segment, and you're ambushed by Sniper Wolf, and she shoots Meryl. Snake is forced to backtrack through the level, get a sniper, and take Sniper Wolf down. Unfortunately, that was just a trap, so they could capture both Meryl and Snake. Snake is taken in front of Liquid Snake and Revolver Ocelot, where Liquid like like reveals everything. The Fox Die stuff that's in Snake, he reveals that they're actually twin brothers created for the La Enfrontelib program of the 1970s where they were both clones of Big Boss. Unfortunately, Liquid got the recessive genes, and Solid got the dominant. I don't think that actually matters in real science. Anyway, Snake gets tortured a lot. If you give up, then Meryl dies. Don't do that. Uh, eventually, Snake is able to escape. He, he discovers that Donald Anderson at the beginning of the game was actually Decoy Octopus, which he's like, why did he die? That's weird. Anyway, you go through the game, you eventually uh, actually have a final boss fight with Sniper Wolf, Killer, Hal, uh, Hal asks if Luck and Bloom on the battlefield, you tell him that's stupid, <laughs> you move on, yada yada, you get to the Metal Gear Rex facility where Vulcan Raven and you have a final confrontation, and then you get to the Metal Gear fa Rex facility, where eventually Liquid tricks you into activating it with the PAL card given to you by Kenneth Baker, and all is revealed. That you were tricked the entire time to actually get the card from Kenneth Baker and then use it because you thought it would deactivate it, but it actually activates Metal Gear, and it makes no sense because why would why would Liquid attack you in a high D? Whatever. <laughs> so Metal Gear Rex is activated and Snake needs to bring it down. So Snake and Metal Gear have an epic fight. During the fight, Gray Fox appears and interrupts, but he's squished. And it gives Snake the motivation to finally take the machine down. And then Liquid and fucking Solid have an epic fist fight on top of the tank. Where Liquid reveals a bunch of more exposition that doesn't really matter. That they're both clones again and stuff. They have a fight. Snake wins. He escapes with Meryl on the bike. Because that's the canon ending. As they're escaping, Liquid chases them. And then uh, they get to the end of the facility. And as Liquid's about to put the final bullet in Salt and Snake... Fox die activates once again, giving another heart attack to Liquid and killing him. It's then in this 
or before at least, that Naomi reveals that she affected the fox die to also kill Snake at some point. At the time limit, who knows? But it doesn't matter. Fox die was created by the Americans itself to kill all people involved with the incident so they could cover it up and retrieve Metal Gear. Uh, anyway, yeah, that doesn't really matter anymore. They take off Meryl and Snake right onto the sunset, literally, with the best yet to come to play, and that is how Meryl gets solid. One ends, not before the end credits, though, where Revolver Ocelot's on the phone, and he just goes, Yes, Mr. President, of course, Mr. President, I have the data for you, Mr. President. And that's how the game ends. That's Metal Gear Solid 1. So does anybody have anything really notable to say about the first two Metal Gear games before we talk about Solid? Uh, nothing to particularly say as far as the gameplay and stuff goes. I haven't played them. The only person I know that has is Andrew at work. Uh, I, and I played he them. Sure, I played them. Oh, how, how are they? Uh, they're good. They're just like dress rehearsals for Metal Gear Solid. Uh, charming. They're a little annoying. Like, uh, they'd be really hard just to play, you know when you were a kid there's lots of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think to do but uh i mean that's the whole yeah, series bro <laughs> pretty much but this is way this is more uh obtuse uh in places like you get you get captured in Mel Gear, uh and then you just have to like you have to punch a wall to break it break it open to save uh, gray fox and sure. you, like you wouldn't know to do that you just would be stuck in this room walking around forever uh, <laughs> I mean, you've never done that it's, before. It's neat that Kojima's like influence even back then, like thinking of things outside oh, yeah. of the box. No pun intended. Uh, but the the way to solve puzzles, or even things like smoking a cigarette to see lasers in Metal Gear Solid, uh, you know, looking at the back of the case, that kind of stuff seemed with the series from Go, which is like why I think they're yeah. notable and why mega fans like yourself and Andrew maybe go back and play those games, even though you'd be much better off playing yeah. something a little more recent. Yeah, but, like I've yeah. played them, and then like I'm not going to play them again. Um, like Metal Gear Solid is the is the the pinnacle of that that game if you know what i mean like from one right. to two to Metal Gear solid solid is the the perfecting of of the formula that he was going for and then Metal Gear solid two and three they start like a new chapter in the metal gear like mythos but one right. really cool thing yeah. in metal gear is at the end of the game when you get closer to the goal like a uh, big boss who's been guiding you this whole time he'll call you and to, like tell you to turn off like he's like, oh, it's that mission over. Like, stop, you know, stop playing. He like turn off, you know, turn off your Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, so it, he's he's been breaking the fourth wall for a long time, and it's just awesome. And I really appreciate those deets. It's the the fourth wall breaking is always in service of like because the narrative is Big Boss gets Salt Snake sent to outer heaven, and the idea is that Salt Snake's going to get captured and feed false information to the U.S. government, if I'm not mistaken. No, uh, I, only... I, did, I did not get that from my like all the sources I saw story summaries of. It was just okay. like he was forced to send somebody after Gray Fox, so he sent Solid Snake, since Solid Snake was a rookie and was shitty and all this other stuff. It makes no fucking Okay, s- I don't know if it's in... If, yeah, I don't know if it's in, like, texts after Metal Gear was released or something in retrospect they've added. Uh, but the, how I always understood it and, like, what I recently was kind of researching was that, like, oh, Big Boss was going to use Snake as kind of, like, a patsy. But then Salt Snake, being who he is, like, got the job done that he wasn't necessarily yeah, supposed to do. Like, yeah, he solved it, the problem. That sounds <laughs> right. Well, yeah, he was going to be the fall guy. What we know now is that it was Big Boss sending him after Venom Snake in Metal Gear 1. 
Uh, no, no, we don't right. know that. We, we <laughs> <laughs> I, I say we know that. <laughs> no, we don't know that. Metal Gear Solid Five, the ending leaves it up completely to interpretation. The, we have no the, idea if he would if tape if he, he was has sent there with the is the is the mission number for Metal Gear One. Yes, but that could just be like Big Boss giving Venom a heads up about it. It could be that Venom got secretly. We have no idea the definitive. Ca- uh, canonical answer. So do not say it as if it is the definitive canonical answer. We we don't know. Uh, so we- whether it's canon or not, I in my interpretation, I like to believe that it is Venom Snake on the first on the first uh, Outer Heaven. There. No, no, no. That, that is definitively Snake Venom Snake. We're talking about whether Big Boss sent Solid Snake to kill Venom. Oh, intentionally. Yeah, to right. kill Venom, okay. or was yeah. hoping that he, or hoping what Solid Snake would fail. It's. In my opinion, he was sending him, hoping Solid Snake would fail, not to kill well, Big Venom. Boss. Didn't uh, that's know. that's what I thought. That's what I read it. But then I I also think like okay, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be the big key, conversation key at the end point, of this, right? Is that Big Boss didn't think of him as a son, but he always respected him as a soldier. So he knew he had good soldiering skills. He knew he'd complete the mission. Right, but okay, I yeah, I don't think he ever in- intended uh, harm to Elder Heaven though at any point. So I have some questions in general about Solid Snake. Okay. Uh, so Solid Snake is a, a clone That's of right. Big Boss. That's right. Le Infant Terrible. That's right. Uh, when they, they made a bunch of clones of Big Boss. They made Solid. They made Liquid. And and Solidus was made Se- at the same time. He was made even more secretly uh, as a perfected clone of Big Boss. I believe at the same time, yes. But it was Kojima... Um, it was Kojima, like, retroactively uh, retconning his bullshit. And he's like, no, 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 there was a secret third clone. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because you could just do that in any... They can make an MGS-6, and you can just be like, guess what, there motherfuckers? A, yeah. Quadruplets. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a fourth clone. Yeah, they could easily say that. Yeah, the story of Metal Gear is really the uh, story so, of tasteful retconning. <laughs> yeah. Controlled retconning. <laughs> so... Solid grows up. He's trained as a soldier. This is a this is a U.S. government initiative to to actually clone the big boss. Yes, it is a patriot I- initiative, not a U.S. government. Okay. It is it so is officially shadow government. Yeah, it it is a part of the U.S. government records, but this was helmed directly by Major Zero of the Patriots, who did this directly himself. Okay. So officially, it doesn't exist. I believe. Was the plan when they were cloned? For them to be anything other than just great soldiers that could that could be yes. on the level of Big Boss. Major or, Zero okay. needed uh, new figureheads eventually for his organization of the Patriots, and this is like such inter- interpretive uh, BS, in my opinion. Like you're the shadow organization, but you need Big Boss to be your icon and your figurehead. It just doesn't make sense. But the reasoning they give yeah. is that Zero was worried that Big Boss was going to take off, and they weren't going to have like this legendary mercenary and soldier as their as their figurehead. So he cloned him. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so Salt Snake is trained as a soldier. Liquid Snake ends up in the sticks at some point, right? Because he's in MGS Five, just like um, running a band of losers. Nick might know a little bit more about this than me, but from my understanding. Uh, Eli, who is liquid, was given to the British SAS, where he was trained and grew up in, before he escaped. Oh, he's got the accent. Yeah, before he escaped or, like, defected or something, and that's how he ended up in South Africa. Okay, so at a certain point, this 
uh, this plan, this Enfant Terrible, and the pl- and everything around it is basically just scrapped. Yes, and, and Nick can also okay. comment this if he has anything to add. But I believe it is because after they cloned uh, Big Boss into Liquid and Solid, first of all, they just t- didn't turn out to have the same temperament as Big Boss and all that stuff. But mostly it was the advancements right. in nanomachines and genome soldiers. <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, all the other technology that simply just rendered Snake and Liquid uh, not as important as they used to be. To the point where the U.S. Right. government's like, they're going to die soon anyway due to their accelerated aging. Like, let them just do their own thing in the military. Right. So, so Solid Snake at some point after Metal Gear... I'm to understand, like, retires, and the joke is Campbell is then, in a Rambo-esque fashion, getting Solid Snake out of retirement to go deal with Zanzibar Land in Metal Gear 2. That's correct. And then and then getting him out of retirement once more uh, and to go after Foxhound in, on Shadow Moses. So here we are. Uh, Solid Snake's got a few big missions under his belt. This is, a, this is an accomplished uh, soldier, but he is retired. I don't know if he just gets to go live in a condo. Or like gets a job at the corner corner store. Uh, th- that story he's has a, never been. Told. No, he retired. Uh, we don't know what Solid Snake did in retirement. He retired in Alaska. Alaska. He became a dog. Yeah, he became a dog lasher. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, a dog lasher. Yeah. Uh, so Roy Campbell contacts Solid Snake, says, "Hey, there's a nuclear uh, disposal facility on this island. However, uh, Foxhound's taken it over. They've kidnapped everyone. They supposedly have a bipedal walking nuclear cap- capability tank." The Metal Gear Rex, and uh, it's, this is bad news, Solid Snake, you need to go in there. And I believe they're also demanding, as Reed, I think, covered in the uh, the, the story here. Su- the story uh, they, have, they want the body of Big Boss, and they want like a million bucks or whatever. A billion dollars and the body and DNA of Big Boss. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, the stage is set, you uh, you snorkel in to Shadow Shadow Moses, I mean, first right off the bat... Uh, the enclosed space, the claustrophobia of being in this giant facility and only being to and, and exploring it as you go, that all these events of this game take place on this island are great. Uh, oh. the, I mean, let's just we can take it all the way back. A game like this, when it came out, didn't exist. The things this game does from a cinematic point of view, even considering the what it looks like. You go look at Metal Gear Solid 1 now and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's a PS1, PS1 ass game. Look at other PS1 games that came out at that same time. They don't hold yeah. a fucking candle to Metal Gear Bubsy, Solid. The music, yeah. the voice acting, look it's at all Bubsy, there. Yeah, look at Bubsy 3D and then look at Metal Gear Solid 1. It's a completely different thing. The cinematic... Yeah, crush the numbers. Do the math. Yeah, the cinematic <laughs> approach to this game where you have a prologue, you have an intro with different camera angles, and this beautiful song, The Best Is Yet To Come, starts to play. As you see this lone soldier, and credits start to play, like in a movie. It says David Hayter as Solid Snake, and it tells you in those opening seconds of the game that this is not going to be just a game, this is more of a, of an action movie interactive experience. Yeah, it's not it's not flat out gameplay based like a siphon filter even was or something like that. It is, it is meant to be filter. something taken. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so you get to Shadow Moses, there's some sneaking around. I'm going to leave it to you boys if you have any specific points in this game you want to talk about. But long story short, uh, Snake has to find these launch codes, and he's got to stop uh, stop the Metal Gear Rex. <laughs> yeah, Nick, do you have anything to add about the, uh, the beginning so far? Yeah, uh, only that it gives me chills every time I replay it, which I try to do every year. Um, I very much agree with your point, just that it like it blows away every other 
PlayStation One game. Like uh, I just recently replayed uh, like the first level of Tenchu, and that game looks like a prototype compared to Metal Gear. It's it's the just such a complete package, and you know you know from the right at the very beginning that yeah you're right. Like when they play the the credits. And you're sneaking in there. It's great. A, 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 a great point, though, in the early beginning of the game, I just I just figured this out. Uh, Snake is uh, in his codec conversations with his uh, support team. He's quite like flirty with all of the women, uh, his winner women counterpoints. And then um, spoilers after sure. he's captured, um, he he tells Naomi to leave out the uh, the Benzedrine because it makes him too frisky. Just, I, I just I, I love those little points. He's just like, oh man, yeah. Uh, don't give me any more of that. Yeah. <laughs> what in a I'm weird thirsty. Yeah. He got, he, he's just trying to swim. He's just trying to swim to Shadow Moses. He's got this massive yeah, erection. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's, he's like got lines this. like, oh, and slowing me down. Do a strip search on me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man. And if we could talk about just how uh, brilliant this opening section is before you get to the elevator. Um, I don't think we really need to go into anything story-specific for this conversation because I mostly covered it in um, my summary. Um, So as far as the gameplay goes, I love this opening segment because it establishes a couple things. The first thing it establishes, though, is that you do not have weapons or equipment yet. You're you're naked, to a sense. You're a naked snake. (laughs) Um, Whoa. But it's it's brilliant because it's it's telling the player, look, you have to play this game stealthily. You can't go balls to the wall shooting at everybody. And the first five minutes of this game make sure of that. They're like, here you're you're forced to essentially stealth through this section and hide until it's time for you to go up the elevator that just comes down on a timer essentially. Um, it, it'd be because the game is hard on easy difficulty. It's still hard because it's a PS One game. If you tried to go through it with just shooting everybody, you're not going to be able to do it. And there's no better way uh, for a game to tell you to do that than not giving you any fucking weapons to begin with. And you have to complete the first level, essentially, with nothing. So, big fan of that. Yeah. It's also worth noting that, like, I mean, we can bring up Twin Snakes. Uh, but Twin Snakes had a lot of the, the stuff that the, the later games had. So you had the Trank Pistol. Like, when they added the Trank Pistol to MGS, well, it became completely different fucking game at that point yeah uh because now you can non-lethally take people out move them around uh, etc you have the cqc you've got knocking on walls you've got uh, chaff grenades and all kinds of uh stuff like that at your disposal you have more items than i find you ever actually use in metal gear solid uh and that's part of the the charm of it it's just like what does this do what is the application of this do i want to be saving this stuff do i want to be using it um learning how to hide learning how the alert system works which is of course uh, a thing that's consistent through all the Metal Gear Solid games uh, is fantastic, and there there are other games that like I, Resident Evil as a comparison for around the same time. Uh, the mobility in Metal Gear Solid is so much fucking better than the tank controls in that game. Uh, Metal Gear Solid feels like you can execute when you need to. You just don't have the tools you need to get into an extended firefight or to to fuck up too much. Yeah, uh, it feels like there's consequences. Uh, to you making a mistake, which is is consistent with the series, I think, on the whole. Now, the boss fights is something completely different. They tend to be very cryptic. They tend to be, uh, I mean, let, let, let's talk about them. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, the, for Metal Gear Solid 1, we have yeah. a bunch of boss fights. 
to begin, we have Revolver Ocelot, which is a rather basic roundabout shooting Just what, Yeah, boss one of my fight. favorites, Revolver Ocelot. Just like, uh, you know, a plate of, of, of home cooking that boss fight. It is pretty simple, but it's got some of the best dialogue. <laughs> uh, you know, he talks about reloading yeah. his gun. And he's like, oh, that sulfury smell. Uh, but to you, it will be the smell of your own death. Yeah, and he goes six bullets, oh, yeah. more than enough to kill anything that moves, and then he shoots like twenty at you, and you're fine. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, fuck. Yeah, it establishes revolver ocelot. It establishes the robot ninja, which I talked about in my summary. Um, mm-hmm. Very basic, but I would say otherwise a fairly unremarkable boss fight. After the first revolver ocelot boss fight, we get our first Vulcan Raven boss fight. Except he's in a tank. I fucking hate this boss fight. I think yeah. it's bullshit. Oh man, I um, love I love nailing that, at him, that if I uh, grenade, the sound effect they got, just like the the grenade bouncing into the tank. It feels like success. Yeah, sounds like yeah. Success. From, a, from a very important from a pure enjoyment <laughs> perspective, though, I I derive none from this. I didn't like trying to basketball hoop <laughs> my grenades into the thing. Uh, I thought fighting a tank was pretty boring, as opposed to fighting an actual human or something neat. So I wasn't a fan of it particularly. Let's go real quick back to the Ocelot fight. Gray Fox shows up. Yeah. And we know Gray Fox because uh, the character, Frank Frank Yeager? Frank, Frank Yeager. That's right. Yeah. Okay. He's the guy you're rescuing in Metal Gear 1. That's right. He's he's the guy who's uh, like operating a Metal Gear in Metal Gear 2. Yeah, he right? betrays you. He's working for Big Boss in Metal Gear 2. What does betray you, I guess? He's working for Big Boss. You have to fight him in a minefield hand-to-hand in, in Metal Gear 2. Yeah, good fight. Goddamn. Yeah. And then now he's here... Uh, he seems to be on the same side as Salt Snake. He's right. just after the Yeah, we don't know yet that it's Frank Yeager. Uh, but he seems to be mostly an individual individual party after his own interests. And yeah. Now follow me here. He, he cuts off Ocelot's hand. Yes. Which in the context of Metal Gear Solid is like, oh, you took you took this like pistol trick, motherfucker, and you cut off his hand. You've taken you've taken away fifty percent of his uh, whatever, but then later in Metal Gear, obviously with the skin, gr- the, the arm graft onto Ocelot, and everything that you will have to explain to me in Metal Gear Solid Four when we get there. <laughs> uh, what if he hadn't cut off his hand? What if he had cut off an ear? Um, uh, <laughs> Os- okay, the thing you have to understand about Ocelot is that he's the ultimate spy. Um, he would have a contingency plan for everything, just like I don't believe him getting his hand cut off was ever part of the plan. Nor could he have predicted what would happen in Metal Gear Solid 4 in regards to the AI. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so after uh, Falcon Raven in the in the tank, which I have pretty decent memories of not being too too bad of a yeah, boss so fight. Yeah, so the next the, boss uh, fight after Vulcan Raven would be the Gray Fox, a.k.a. Cyber Ninja fight, where we've learned that the Cyber Ninja is, in fact, Gray oh, Fox. Yeah. This is, uh, I, I would think, Frank yeah, yeah, I would think this is the most difficult boss fight in the game. So Metal Gear Solid is weird in its mechanics for the health bar in the fact that you start with a low health bar and you gain it bigger throughout the game. Great. Um, but the boss's difficulty vary, very, like, very much. So at this point in the game, your, he- mm. your health bar is not very high. And you're going into what I think is the hardest boss fight in the game. Because you can only use your fists, um, and he, he, uh, the cyber robot disappears, he goes invisible, uh, he can go around to different sections, and you have no real will of healing yourself unless you have a lot of rations on you. Um, it is, a, is an action-based, time-based fight, 
but most of all, what sucks about this fight the most, it's a good fight, I should say, sorry. Like, it's an enjoyable boss fight. It means a lot emotionally for Solid Snake, etc. But once you defeat him with your fists and he goes into his final segment, he goes into, like, like a, like a electric ball mode. I don't know how to describe it. He, like, surrounds himself in electricity. And up until this fight, you even punch him in the face because that's what he tells you to do. So you go up to him to go punch him in the face for the last time. Then he shocks you and kills you, and you have to redo the fight because you're supposed to kill, shoot him now. Stupid. I hate right. that. <laughs> well, everybody well, knows you're yeah, supposed to I shoot mean, the electric yeah, ball guy. You, everybody you knows come this. across a, a ninja creating, freaking out with an electricity field, you shoot him. <laughs> but my point is they established before that, that you can only punch him, and now you have to shoot him. Anyway... Uh, the boss fight is um, is difficult, but one of the better ones, in my opinion. The hand hands always uh, cinematic, destructive environments uh, cuts... as well. The you can destroy the servers and the glass, and the papers will fly off. It's got excellent uh, environmental destruction in that fight. You feel like after it, you're like, oh yeah, this yeah. is a real control. Fight. Eat your heart out. Scrap here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Yeah. The real, the real hardest boss fight is pounding that button to survive the torture. Oh. <laughs> That's the real yeah. hardest boss fight. Yeah, and so, yeah, we'll go right into the next boss fights. Um, so, in, right before and right after the torture segments, which I'm sure we'll go into more detail after, is the sniper wolf fights, which are very basic sniper based boss fights, where she has a sniper, mm -hmm. you have a sniper, you try to shoot each other before the other shoots you. Um, very basic. The second uh, phase of Sniper Wolf's boss fight in the snow, you can even cheese by going behind a hill and using the remote-controlled missiles. Yeah. Sniper Wolf will be visible through the thermal goggles, so you just gotta hit her with missiles a few times, and then she acts like you sniped yeah, her. Yeah. And she's like, wow, you're so good. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm a total badass. Yeah, <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a tradition with all of his sniper uh, boss fights. There's always a way to cheese it. Yep. And that's what, yeah, that's what makes these a lot of fun is uh, that you can do it very weird, uh, unconventional ways if you want to. Um, Sniper Wolf is famous for having a very, uh, quote-unquote, emotional cutscene. Uh, famous for the line, Snake, do you believe love can bloom on a battlefield from Otacon? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, just good old... Otacon was quite, quite taken with her. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just good old-fashioned <laughs> sniper boss fights. Oh, I totally forgot, uh, before the torture segment, we also had the most famous boss fight in Metal Gear Solid, and maybe all of video games, um, and that is the famous Psycho Mantis, of course. Mm. Psycho Mantis is... The maybe the most unique bo boss fight. Maybe top five oh, most yeah. unique boss fights. Yeah, <laughs> but I've, as pure as pure popularity goes, it's, it's definitely up there. Um, Psycho Mantis is very unique mechanics because he is the psycho unit of the Foxhound unit. He can read your memory card, and if you have other Konami games on record, such as yeah, Castlevania, he will make uh, uh, yeah, he'll make direct references I to see you like playing Castlevania. I remember yeah. my brother, uh, my which brother is... absolutely like lost his mind when he saw that. When he's like, "Oh, you like Castlevania, don't you?" And he was like, "Whoa, whoa, what's going on?" <laughs> wait, wait, and what? The, the Hideo um, Flash when it goes to the knows, the black screen that's supposed to look like your audio video input. Uh, yeah, that got so me. I another, got up yeah, from, the, the, other from the, the chair the first time it happened. Was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Go, yeah, oh, yeah, the cables definitely in the back. got me 100%. <laughs> yes. 
That's the other unique gimmick of this fight is uh, Psycho Mantis will fuck with your TV and make it turn off, essentially, where you have to con- switch your controller port-, port. If you take too long, Colonel Roy Campbell will call you and tell you to do this. Besides that, it's a really basic boss fight. You just shoot him while he throws stuff at you. And, uh, yeah, everybody remembers it for the awesome mechanics uh, for controlling Meryl, and it's just good old-fashioned boss fight stuff. I don't remember how long before Campbell calls you because I feel like that should be an insane amount of time. It should be like twenty five minutes, and then he finally calls you and says, "Switch I your think, goddamn controller port." Man, it was like the second or third round. I want to say of him doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so after we have the sniper wolf and the psycho mantis boss fights, uh, we basically go into the last sections of the game. Um, we fight Liquid in a Hind D. Uh, this is one that's not particularly Hind D. Yeah, Hind D. Which is not particularly memorable or difficult. He's just in a helicopter. You shoot rockets that lock onto him, and you take cover when he shoots. Very basic, simple. I don't think there's a lot to go into for that. No, it's like um, waiting. You do a lot of waiting for him to like pop up so you can shoot him. Yeah, and he's like, hello, brother. <laughs> and that's it. So after that, we go into the final Vulcan Raven boss fight, which I think mechanically might be the best boss fight in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah. It's... It's a bunch of storage crates in a freezer, and he's walking down several sections, and you got to hide and shoot him when possible. Or you can plant explosives, or you can use missiles at him. Essentially, this is a sandbox box fight. They give you all your tools at your disposal. You probably have everything that you're going to get in the game by this point, and you have to take him down by any means necessary in a very basic, he goes one way, you go the other maze-like boss yeah, fight. Yeah, you hear him constantly breathing, lugging that uh, minigun around, and if you do take too long, there's a possibility that your rations will freeze, and you won't be able to use them. You'll have to go to the smelter, or you'll have to go to the bathroom and use the hand dryer to warm up your rations. Or if you go to that the smelting lava room, it'll heat them up, too. Yeah, and you can, all, you can also get a cold, <laughs> as well, and you'll sneeze in that game yeah. it's it's just it's just so brilliant i mean god yeah the the attention my, to detail in these god. sections are crazy so when you get to the end of the game you get to the last couple boss fights which is first a boss fight with lick uh metal gear rex piloted by liquid this is uh mm. it's very grandiose in its appearance you're fighting a giant robot in a big vast hangar by yourself uh but besides that it's actually quite boring He's just shooting attacks, so you, you dodge and wait for your opening, and then you shoot him with rockets. Partway through this yeah. is when Gray it's Fox... old hat for Solid Snake yeah. at that point. He's done it three times. Uh, partway through this is when Gray Fox comes in, and you have the big cutscene. Once again, I talked about this. Uh, and then you defeat Metal Gear Rex, and it goes into the final boss fight, which is you and Liquid in a fist fight on top of Metal oh, Gear. This... By this point in the game, you have the max health bar from all the boss fights, so this part is rather easy. You kind of just take your time, wait for your moments, hit them. I believe there's a time limit during this section as well. Use that CQC. Is, yeah. 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 yeah uh, very famous boss fight, especially because it's very much mirrored in Metal Gear Solid 4, which I'm sure we'll get to on that particular episode. This leads into the last section where if you gave in during the torture segment, uh, Otacon will show up. If you didn't give in at any point, Meryl will show up. You guys leave the facility as Liquid chases you in a truck and shoots at you. You get out, Liquid dies, mm. the game ends at that point. Right on. Yeah. 
right off into the sunset on a, on a dog right. sled. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, memory if you, if you, the only other real big thing we can talk about as far as gameplay wise that comes to mind would be the torture segment, which has become a staple of the Metal Gear Solid series. Man, that torture segment just gave me so much trouble to this day. Uh, I used to have to get my uh, best friend to 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 do it because I just like couldn't press the circle button fast enough. I've since been able to do it myself, but <laughs> you guys want to know a secret? It's really torturing mm. me. You want to know? You want to know the secret to doing any rapid tap thing on a PlayStation controller to this day? What's you take that? the back of a PS One memory card that's rounded, and you hold it onto the corner of the circle button, and then you just you just wiggle that thing back and forth, and you can get like four clicks to your one click. And it makes any rapid, rapid slam uh, thing. I, I use that to this day. Yakuza has a lot of rapid slam stuff, PS like in the Hostess mini game. And I was just like, I- I'm gonna go find a PS One <laughs> memory card and use the shit. Um. So, uh, so yeah, the, the torture segment, like I said, staple Metal Gear Solid. Uh, also, it straps you to a chair and just for the hell of it is gonna torture you. You have to spam circle in order to. <laughs> just for the hell of it. You have to spam circle uh, to make sure your health doesn't drop below zero. This has happened in Metal Gear 3, Metal Gear 4, to a yeah. sense. I Did it happen in Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid 2, Nick? Not that I remember. Yeah, I don't remember uh, a torture segment in Metal Gear Solid 2. But, uh, yeah, uh, mostly this makes an important point, though, because this is the only Metal Gear Solid that has alternate endings. And your alternate ending is directly based on whether you give up or not in the torture mm-hmm. segment. That's why I think it's so relevant. So is Mer- is Meryl dead in the he, non-canonical ending? In the non-canonical ending, Meryl is dead. That's correct. Yeah, oh, you, like, you yeah. still think you have a Can't chance to save her on top of Rex when you're fighting Liquid, but when you she's, she's just like a corpse, limp, dead body. And you're like, oh. And you're like, oh, Shouldn't have done, done that, I guess. <laughs> Should have held on. Yeah, that's it. And then the game ends with you and Otacon, and it's not nearly as awesome. <laughs> Otacon's holding you around the waist and like rests 100%. his head on your back, and you, you get right off the though, You get you get just um, like one of my Japanese You get enemies. the uh, infinite uh, ammo bandana for uh, right Meryl, and then you get the uh, active camo if you have uh, Otacon there. So okay i mean those cool there's a little and that's because like you get those aren't yeah, required <laughs> to like it doesn't really give you a huge amount of uh a benefit in later playthroughs but it, back in the era where you know any little thing that changed it just required you to replay the game it was uh it was kind of cool plus you also got the tuxedo well you used to you used to replay oh, yeah. a fucking game yeah you'd get a you would get an alternate costume it's like well i guess i'm gonna replay the game now but in, yeah. in swim trunks not to or mention the, the ranking system as well how many rations you used how many times you saved right uh, oh especially when you get to the later games with the Euro- European extreme difficulties etc so what's so Snake's not alone he's got handlers he's got people he's talking to on the radio all the time yeah. including Meryl who's who's in the shit with him on Shadow Moses Otacon obviously and Otacon uh, as Reed kind of I may or may not have filled this uh, uh, in uh, he has a lineage. His family goes back in the history of Metal Gear, uh, so he is—he is a more relevant character than just a scientist yeah, on I, Shadow Moses. I didn't touch upon his family um, history that much because I figured I'll be more relevant once we get to later games. Yeah, so you got Roy Campbell. He's a cool guy. He's the—he's the guy who's bringing you out of uh, retirement. You've got 
uh, is it Miller? What's his first name? Master what Miller, name? who is the Master Miller, who is Snake's basic training commander, and who is a resident of Alaska, who can help a lot with the fauna of the place. Even though you never have any questions about <laughs> <Yeah>. fauna, <laughs> you you have when is it is it supposed to be tongue in cheek that he's helping you with the fauna, referring the flora, to the Foxhound the members? Fauna. Uh, I think it was just to give him function. He's like, I just ask me about Alaska. Me probably, about probably Kojima yeah. did yeah. a lot of research. And on of course, Alaska Miller is just to include it in the game, so he gave him that function. Like you can call Nastasha <laughs> Romanov. Why not to talk about weapons? Like who, who, who calls her? No, I've never called exactly. her once. The only, the only time you call her is when you're forced to, in regards to the lasers and the cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> but you can call her, and she'll, she'll talk, also, talk to you about the uh, weapons that you have and about uh, nuclear programs and nuclear weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, they're just there if you want some you got, flavor. Extra lore. The, there's a lot of like the other Metal Gear Solid games have this too. There's just hours of flavor text in codec form. Yeah, uh, to sit through, uh, and then Miller, of course, ends up just being liquid with sunglasses on. Yes, uh, of course. <laughs> the classic. <laughs> oh, there's, uh, so there's li- way too many characters yeah. in general to go over Metal Gear Solid. Mei Ling, Doctor Naomi Hunter, her connection to, to Gray Fox, and that they're brother and sister. You have Liquid Snake and all his Britishness. Uh, I feel like this will all <laughs> yeah, all the mem- this will all come <laughs> to British these glory. characters really come to fruition in three and four. You can talk more about them uh, with the story yeah, yeah. reveals of three. And I just four. wanted to make sure they're in, they're yeah. in the mix here. Evidently, Metal Gear Solid One is a very big g- game, and we still haven't gone over nearly everything. I feel like we should have gone over. <laughs> What's uh? What's left? Tease it, Reed. What uh? What do we uh? Well, I still think what do we have left to, to cover in the, solid one? Yeah, I guess I would like to go over the main narrative and the themes of the game in a bit more detail. A lot more of the characters and uh, exactly how they interact with each other. Mostly just the legacy and the innovation that Metal Gear Solid had. It's not a lot left to talk about, I should say, but I think you know I might add on a little extra secondary point after the fact or something like that, just to give this game a bit more of the the justice I think it deserves. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there, there's no fucking rules uh, about this, but we do have to wrap up for today. We thought this was going to be a tight five-episode thing, but it sounds like Solid 1 will pour into next week, and then, of course, we'll do the handoff to Solid 2, uh, which there's there's a lot to say about the, the series. It's, it's really the biggest... Uh, change in the series goes from Metal Gear Solid 1 to 2, in my opinion, uh, from a gameplay and, and how the story is told from there on. Uh, but I'll explain more about that next week. Iceberg Podcast, at Iceberg Podcast, that's on uh, social media. Leah.com is our email address. You can find Reed on Twitch, Bonestorm, Dorse. Nick, do you have any uh, plugs? No. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> this is a public beta podcast every Wednesday. We have the Cyberpunk Mega episode out this previous week. It is our longest ever at four hours long. And of course, Sultans of Slime talking pro wrestling. <laughs> four, yeah. four uh, hours thanks for signing up. Punk. We'll be back again next week with more Metal Gear.